the other th- the other side of it is, listen, whether people want to admit it or not, he has an unfortunate face. You know, it's like there is something about an aesthetic that affects us, right? It's like uh, there's a such thing as a punchable face. He has a punchable face, and it's not his fault. But it's the face. He has the face of a person that you just like. If you ain't know nothing about him, you just saw their face. You're like, I don't like this person. That's a good Welcome back. BS with Brian Simpson. <clears throat> Welcome to the, the winter vortex in Austin, Texas. Apparently, <clears throat> don't mess with Texas doesn't include the weather. You know, once this bitch, once this city hit 35 degrees, <laughs> it's a wrap. Like, I can't believe how ill-prepared Austin, Texas is for winter. You know, it's like half the businesses shut down yesterday. Now, you know, power is out. Trees are down. Half the road, the bridge is closed. It's like, and, it, and it, it's it's not, there's no snow on the ground, everyone. <laughs> there's no snow on the ground. It's, it's a, uh, what, what, what temperature is it? It's goddamn, it's 31 degrees outside, which is cold. You know, that's not, that's not warm. But that's like a, a you know, because they, they, you know what they were saying last night. Um, I, we got an email from my landlord. It's like, don't forget to drip the pipes. And I was like, what is that? What does that even mean? So that so the pipes don't freeze. The what? I've never been somewhere like, bro. Last time I was in a, I was in Billings, Montana. It was it was negative six degrees. Nobody was dripping the pipes. It was like the, 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 I think they just they just got pipes that can handle winter. This is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like snow. They 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 closed schools yesterday because because of freezing drizzle. They closed the schools. Um. Yeah. So I it's, thought it was supposed to be cowboy country. I guess. I guess, but it's it's frustrating. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if it if it dro- if it drops to zero, we might have to call the national guard out this motherfucker. I don't know <laughs> because they are not ready. They're just not ready. I mean, it's, you know what it is? It's it's a weird. It it, it it it's really wearing its like mixed like blue city and a red state identity because it's like half the city, it's the like people half the people are like it's the apocalypse. And the other half of the people are just business as usual. It's like they have they have a truck with, you know, they got they all have they have all the tools, you know. Like when they announced that this was coming, you know, a few days ago, you know, it was like I went to the mall or whatever. I went to the to the try to go to Bed Bath and Beyond. It was closed due to inclement weather. Right next to it, Best Buy is open, PetSmart is open, you know, the twenty four hour fitness closed. You know, it's like some half the people just was like, no, we can't. Buy the bread, shut batten the hatches, and then half the people are like, "What's the problem?" You know, regular people are like, "What? It's just cold." And then it's not even that cold. I don't know. I I just uh, anyway, it's frustrating. Well, uh, isn't the issue that it's it's not so much that everything freezes up necessarily? It's just that as soon as it gets below a certain degree, everybody turns on their heating. 
right? And then the over that that overloads the <coughs> grid system. No, I think. Right? Um, I mean, and this is just me assuming, but I think what's happening is that the freezing rain is breaking tree branches. Oh, and because and this is, I guess, it's just something I never paid attention to when I first got here. But a lot of the power lines are like run through trees, which is crazy, <laughs> right? Like a lot of a lot of the power lines That's are like absurd. going through a tree. Um, and so anyway, what's happening is you know the ice is building up on these branches. The, it gets too heavy, and the branches fall, and they break the power line. So power is down on half of the city. Um. I guess our power just blinked out for a second, but it's like, but yeah, there's branches down all over the place. Uh, you know, some people's cars got real fucked up. I mean, obviously, um, and and I don't know how the city could prepare for that, but I, but also I know I've never seen that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I, yeah, anywhere else I've lived where they get where we get regular winter weather. You know, my whole life growing up on the East Coast, I can't ever remember. It getting so cold that tr- that tree branches started falling all over the place. Yeah, and also a lot of places that are weatherized because it does actually get cold. You know, you you bury the lines underground, or you have other methods of preventing right, them from right. being destroyed by inclement weather. Yeah, it getting cold it shouldn't be. And and you know, and some people try to forgive and go, well, this is Texas. This is new to Texas. Like, okay, yeah, but this is the third year in a row. Right. Why you ain't? Why you not ready? Right, you know what I mean. It would be, it would be like imagine if, imagine if somebody crashed into the World Trade Center in two thousand two and two thousand three. <laughs> you know, it's like why and aren't in two thousand four? They're just like, look, there's nothing we can do. Right, just... I mean, guys, we knew to this. It's like no, like <laughs> like at least have a reaction. Like it was almost like the, it, like it happened. It happened two years ago, and it fucked Texas up, and then it happened the next year. And it fucked Texas up. And now this third year, they're like, what is like, well, there's no way it's gonna happen three years in a row. It's like, no, this is the new normal. It's gonna it's gonna get cold here now. You know, people are like it don't usually get cold in Texas. That's that's the end of this. It's gonna get cold here every year. It's gonna get worse and worse and worse. This climate change is happening. The climate is changing. You know? It's just that simple. And you know, you can sit around and debate about, you know, whether or not uh, it's human for yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know. But you, but you got to get ready for it to be cold. You got the city should have salt. They don't, the roads are not salted, by the way. You know, so it, it's like black ice in some spots because you know it's right at that temperature where it's the most dangerous. You know, right. So it's like, and they're just completely not ready. It's funny that that's all. There's always a liminal spot where things. It's almost like a spike where danger goes up before it goes back down, right? It's so it's like it's like driving at dusk is more dangerous than driving in like pitch black dark. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like the most dangerous part of driving, like on the highway, is right when it starts raining and right when it stops raining. Yeah, and it's when, and it's when you think it's, you're the most safe. Yeah, you think and, you're the most safe. Yeah. And it, it's the most dangerous when it starts raining because of uh, all the oil on the highway, it, you know, because oil and water don't mix. So the oil rises up when it first starts raining, and it hasn't been raining enough 
to wash it away so it's just sitting on on the surface of the road making it slick and so you'll just lose control real quick or you know you'll just slide for a second or one of your tires will slide you know that kind of shit um, it's also like when it when like you know when i lived in new york or uh when i lived in new york when it would freeze it's like when it's right at that level where it's cold enough to freeze on the ground when you step on it because the ice is not strong your compression actually melts the ice a little bit, like the compression of your weight. And so you're like ice skating. That's why like it's so easy to slip when it's just like a, a, it's almost slushy, you know? It's called black ice. Touch what I never touched before. Seen what I never seen before. Okay, that's that's a very, very obscure reference for some of y'all. Um, uh, <clears throat> speaking of unexpected, I didn't expect to wake up a few days ago <laughs> and everyone was pissed at Mr. Beast. Because um, he's one of the most well-liked people on the internet. Um, I guess I don't need to read the article. He did a, he, his, his last controversial video is uh, he paid money to... So basically, there's a lot of people in the world that can't see. And there's a simple surgery that will help them see, but they can't afford it. Um, I think... And so yeah, Mr. cataract surgery. Yeah, so Mr. Beast paid for a thousand people to have this like life changing uh, surgery. Uh, what's weird is he his channel started in 2012. I I thought he'd been around for a long time. He's the number one YouTuber, or he, he at least he's always on those lists. Yeah, depending on it depends on how you how you factor it in. You know? Number one, yeah, but he's one of the most popular YouTubers, and he's definitely. Uh, one of YouTube's favorite YouTubers. Uh, yes. Uh, but, but that's also crazy because I never heard of this guy until this year. Hmm. And I never seen any, none of his videos have ever popped up in my recommendations. You know, so, uh, you know, I mean, I guess I'm vaguely aware of him. Like, I, be, I vaguely heard his name, but his content I was never familiar with. And, um, Even with the Squid Game thing? I feel like that's no, because I, never, I like, never watched Squid Games either, so oh. I don't even know what you're talking about. What's the Squid Game thing? I mean, he essentially did a. I'm surprised you never watched Squid Game. Um, mm. I feel like that's right up your alley. Uh, but he did a quote unquote real life Squid Game, which at the time I'm pretty that, sure was mm. one of the biggest, most expensive pro- productions for like a you know a youtube he did a real life game squid show. game like for poor people yeah well I mean, not necessarily for poor people although that's mostly who played it but it was like you know he 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 took the events from squid game so obviously squid game is the is, don't, is a, don't people don't people die in that they do but they like do like a fake version of them dying in this they don't actually kill people mr beast oh. didn't actually kill anybody Pussy. but but the 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 irony was not lost on people that um, Squid Game, which is you know this biting satire of the uh, absurd lengths that we go to like sort of monetize poverty and uh, okay. uh, the rat race and everything. Um, so he was Squid doing Game exactly suppo- that. He's doing exactly that. You know, yeah. he's 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 taking people who need money and they're they'll be willing to he's showing that how willing they are to debase themselves or embarrass themselves for for cash uh, right and then uh, he's monetizing people's entertainment of that so he's ma- um, he's he's making money so that's that's wild 
he's making money from videos of him using his money to help poor people. The, yeah, least, that's the way he sees it. Some people see it like you, like you're saying, is like, oh, well, you're exploiting poor people for your own thing. But then he turns around and goes, well, yeah, but I'm using the money I get, right, to help people. So it's like this weird cycle. And, and but here's here's what it really is. Okay, mm-hmm. this is my whole take on the, not just not him specifically, but but listen, there's a part, there's a fundamental part of us that doesn't like a goody two shoe. We don't mm-hmm. trust them. We don't trust people that are goody goods because it's always suspicious because it always is. Remember when we found out Mother Teresa was a piece of shit? Mm-hmm. That was news to me. You know? It's like we, because your whole life is like people would use her and Gandhi as like examples of like peaceful people. You know, like it, it was like an ironic thing to say, oh, yeah, 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 Mother Teresa. You know what I mean? Right. And then, right, right. And then she died and then we're like, oh, damn, like she... <laughs> I mean, she was she was doing some hardcore shit to people. Oh yeah, uh, she was a she was a tortured tourist, but she was a poverty tourist. She was doing it in the name of the Lord. She was saving these savages. That's how she saw it. Yeah. So, so that's my point. Is like, I guess it depends on your perspective whether or not you think Mr. Peace is a good person. The other th- the other side of it is, listen, whether people want to admit it or not, he has an unfortunate face. You know, it's like there is something about an aesthetic that affects us, right? It's like uh, there's a such thing as a punchable face. He has a punchable face, and it's not his fault. But it's the face. He has the face of a person that you just like. If you ain't know nothing about him, you just saw their face. You'd be like, I don't like this person. <laughs> Some people have he has that the face. face. Of, he has a face of an assistant manager at GameStop yeah, exactly. who will not allow you to like turn in your ps2 games so it's one it's one of those things um and then on top of that he also has an unfortunate voice mm-hmm. so when he's complaining it sounds whiny so you mm-hmm. know so it's, it's one of those things so though all those things are working against him um but there again there's no evidence that this dude is evil it but yeah. from people's experience it's like people like this are usually up having you know up to no good, or they got they got ulterior motives on the fair. That's how, that's just how people are suspicious of the guy, you know, because we're we're naturally suspicious of goody two shoes. We don't, you know, we pick the people we like. We don't trust people that are that don't have a flaw that we can see. Right. You know, it's like. Uh, I mean, I think I think it also comes back to. The the criticism, from my perspective, needs to be about the system that leads to a situation where there's, there's what a thousand people who could have this ten minute, <laughs> yeah, and we, we can't, surgery, can't and well, they have they have to go on like a YouTube game show to get it. We can't just like give that to people so that they can see and like their lives are better. And so and so <laughs> and and that's and and Mr. Beast's, uh response to the criticism is like look i yeah i made money off of it but now there's a thousand people who can see who couldn't see before isn't that a good thing and i would say yeah that's absolutely a good thing good thing yeah but 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 there but there is no there is no institutional critique built into mr beast's content and mr beast is just he's just the most visible example of a thing that is endemic to the internet i get what you're saying it's like he's he's making entertainment out of out of helping these people, 
but never criticizing the system that led to the fact that these people even need his help. Right. You know? Right. It's, it's like, um, so, yeah, I, I get, get what you're saying, which I guess make, that's what makes it exploitation to, to, to some mm-hmm. people, right? It's like, yeah, you, you're acting like, you're acting like you give a fuck about these people seeing you know what I mean? But you and maybe he does on a personal level. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know what's in his he heart. Does. But you know, you know. <laughs> well, you do, know? do you remember? Do you remember like a, a couple of years ago? It was like a real big trend on like TikTok and Instagram and stuff where these like wannabe influencers would just film themselves like walking up to homeless people and giving them like a thousand dollars, right? Or a sandwich. remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like and. And yeah, it's good that, you know, you give a sandwich to a hungry person or you give money to somebody who doesn't have a a safe place to stay for the night. Those are good things. But the idea that you would do it as part of clout chasing, I think, is what comes off as greasy to people. But also, it's like, but imagine being the thousand and thousand first person. (laughs) Like they put out a cast and go like, everybody that can't see, like, come, you know, show up, you know. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's just it's weird to it's weird to 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 because I don't know how much it costs to help those thousand people. I think it's a thousand dollars a a thousand dollars a person. So that's a yeah, million, that's a million dollars. So he spent a million dollars. I think he also donated about a hundred thousand dollars to the clinic that that did the like they they paid for the surgeries and I think they also on top of that donated like a hundred thousand dollars he also donated or uh, as prizes um i think one person won like a tesla somebody else got ten thousand dollars cash yeah but i'm like but look my nigga mr beast um (laughs) it's like but like fuck i don't want to like you but my point is the hundred thousand dollars that tesla cost you could have helped the extra people that can't see i know you know what I'm saying it's like because a thousand dollars is a nice perfect round number i mean a thousand people is a nice perfect round number but I guarantee you, there were like more people. I I, I don't know. It just. But that but that wouldn't have been as that wouldn't have been as entertaining. It, to people. Yeah, it is. It's e- again. It's easy to watch another motherfucker be like pocket like, like whatever. Well, I had their money. This is what I would have done. You know, I don't want to fall into that. But but I understand. This is the point I'm trying to make. I understand yeah. why people don't trust Mr. Beast. I do, but it's not fair to judge the man without having any like concrete proof that he's eat cuz you know, you know so weird I don't know if you remember but, but this the same thing happened um, to like uh what was the, what's the guy's name to like the social Sean King Oh yeah yeah the same thing happened to that guy was like somebody was just like suspicious of him and then it that shit just took off took a whole life of its own and now there's there's a whole swath of the internet that don't trust him and I, and right. as far as I know, there's no evidence that he's done anything fucked up except like help families sue, you know, police departments and shit like that. But it's like one person made up one negative rumor and it just took the fuck off. And that's what's happening to this guy. It's like this. We're literally reading an article. People call him the Antichrist. You know, like people act like they like they. And now here's the other thing. He he. If he wasn't squeaky clean before, he got to be squeaky clean now because people are waiting for one little thing, one little slip up. You can't get caught with no hoes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to clear your internet search history. You know what I mean? You can't you you got you can't be at the wrong establishment. Like people, you know what I'm saying? 
I I think he needs to like reveal a flaw. He needs to he needs to be like he need to go to rehab or something. You know. All right, guys, you got me. I got a crippling crack addiction or something like that. And people will lay off. Once people, because people don't, because that's the thing. No one's perfect. So when you come off, when you come off as a goody two shoes with no, with no negative, people, know, they know that you're hiding something. Yeah. You know what I mean? They know that's that why Mar- That's something. why Martha Stewart getting caught for insider trading was the best thing that ever happened to her. It's the best thing that ever happened to Martha Stewart. I, yeah. ma- I, I thought, it I made me think she was so much cooler. Well, probably that and then her friendship with Snoop. Because that, 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 uh, that allowed her to be friends with Snoop publicly. You know? And now... Also, also she just... She, she took her lumps. She went to jail. She just stayed quiet that entire time. Came out. And her career is better now than it ever was. Yeah, and also the fact that like she went to, she went to prison for something that everybody else was like, that's bullshit. Right, because it's like yeah, insider trading's wrong, but it also it's like I can't act like I don't know some shit that I know. Right, right, right. And also, what she did technically wasn't insider trading. There's, it's like a different law. Um, I, I, I can't recall off the top yeah, of my head exactly. That was, that was what some it was. prosecutor trying to make their career over her or something. Yeah, right? yeah. I fucking, yeah. I hate the legal system so, 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 so much. Um, fucked up, man. Uh, it's just so. Although that touches on uh. That touches on an email that we got recently. Oh yeah, let me let, let me hear it. It's display time, baby. Get your own artwork printed on a one of a kind metal poster that only takes twenty seconds to install. They also have millions of designs available and officially licensed designs from Star Wars, Netflix. Call of Duty and more. Your poster comes with a magnetic sticker, so you just pop it on the wall and hang your poster. No power tools, no wall damage. Easily switch out uh, new posters in seconds. Click the link in our description to see some of my favorites and get your ready-to-hang piece of art. Save 22% if you buy one or two and get 33% off when you buy three or more. The discount will be automatically applied to your cart when you click the link. Use code BS when you visit Displate.com to get the discount. That's Displate.com, code BS, or click the link in the show notes. Um, okay, guys, so this is the a little sample that they sent me, and it, it comes in a box like this. shiny metal and uh i like that i do like the fact that it's shiny metal and as you can see on the back here um it 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 comes with two stickers that are also magnets so you just put these anywhere on the wall You, you put the magnet right there bam it sticks to the wall it's just like that yeah you can you can swap them out whenever you want um, you can upload custom art. They already have like hundreds of regular, like like pre me pre made stuff like cool shit. But you can upload. Yeah, it's, yeah. What, did I say hundreds? Yeah, there's there's thousands. Yeah, millions. Um, and there's there's different sizes and so on and so forth. Um, and this is honestly how I'm decorating my whole house because it just makes it so much easier because I'm renting this house and I can't put holes in the wall and it's just a pain in the ass trying to. Um, get stuff framed and all this, and it just eliminates all of that. You put it up, it doesn't look like 
you know, you don't look like a like a college kid decorating their dorm room because you know because you're taping a poster to the wall and all like that. It's just it's metal. It's clean. Um, it's it's just it takes a lot of the hassle out of having plain walls. You know, you know, I'm, I'm, I have one on the way that has my picture from uh, the Netflix thing. I have one on on my way that um, that has the podcast logo on it. Um, you know, those sorts of things. Displate.com, offer code BS. Yeah, Julio. Hey, Brian and Rob, I think in the last episode, Rob mentioned his catalytic converter got stolen. It is a big problem nowadays, but my beef is with Rob's comment. Uh-oh. Oh. Some Rob hate. I love this. He said he wasn't angry and that he doesn't have any hate on his heart for the person who stole it. And he would have given money so he doesn't go through the hassle and he thinks about how desperate this person is to steal a catalytic converter. Okay, yeah, so this guy's referring to, like, uh, on the previous episode, Rob, Rob's catalytic conversion was was stolen, and Rob made a comment to the effect of, like, I'm not, I don't even hate the guy. You know, I, I hate the conditions that led to him needing to steal a catalytic converter. I, in fact, I, I'd rather him just knocking on my door and me giving him money so he didn't steal my catalytic converter. Because that's, that's costing me more, right. uh, more anguish than if he had just, I would rather just give him money. You know, then have to wait for my shit to get replaced. I get that. Right. So anyway, moving on. This guy says, this comment is my issue. This is the reason people are committing crimes without consequences. Going to a Nordstrom and smash and grab merchandise or a Walgreens or any store. Can we stop with the excuses and feeling bad for these thieves? I'm tired of all the excuses that housing is expensive. The rich get richer, lack of good paying wages, and so on. <laughs> well, the, those are reasons. Right. Um, it makes me so fucking angry hearing people excusing criminal behavior, and it is a societal issue that translates into our justice system. The fact that stealing $450 was a misdemeanor years back, and it was increased to $950 to reflect inflation, is comical and sad to me. It's okay to be pissed if someone steals your property. I grew up in Latin America and came to the United States and had to learn the language, got my BS degree, accounting, so, 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 blah, 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 blah. I have compassion for the less fortunate, but committing crimes and finding excuses to justify criminal behavior because it's... It's ridiculous. I am not singling out Rob. Just pointing out that many people think and feel the way Rob does. Yeah, Rob's a fucking bleeding heart liberal. Um, Don't you ever fucking call me. I'm a sorry. He, Rob's is a Rob is a fundamentalist leftist. Is that that's more accurate, right? Yeah, sure. You, you know, just what call mean? me leftist. Yeah, he, well, he's a he's a um, he's a he's a he's a he's a, a liberal with a pistol. He's a <laughs> yeah. Liberal, no, but, liberal with a pistol is kind of a funny term. Um, but but Julio, you, I think you are fun. You are misunderstanding what Rob was saying, and I don't. I don't want to speak for Rob, but I'm definitely. I'm about to. Uh, he wasn't making an excuse for the criminal behavior, but just pointing out the reason for it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you know people can't afford shit like it 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 is not it, it is a fact that as 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 housing costs rise as poverty goes up crime goes up because people right. get people get desperate you know most of these little petty crimes and rob are committed by desperate people right and what we're used to is it just being people with a drug problem their desperation is self-inflicted right 
they're desperate right. for money for drugs, so they do little robberies and shit. But a lot, but now they're not. They're not. And and one of the reasons that makes them so desperate is because if you have mental health issues or if you're addicted to drugs, it's very difficult to keep a job down and to pay right. your bills, and so you end up getting kicked out. That's the issue. And then and then you can't qualify for a lease, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then, but the, but now that problem is exacerbated by the fact that like there are people that aren't drug addicts. Right. That are uh, that are facing eviction with their whole families and stuff like that. So it's like, yo, if, if I got to go up under your car and steal your catalytic converter so my kids can eat, you know, it's like that's that's an issue. That like that's a that's a it's a societal issue. It's not like one person being irresponsible, right? Because because I think we have this tendency, <laughs> you know, it 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 it, all, it goes into like the same thing as the minimum wage debate, right? Where it's like people. You're looking at it. You're making it. You're making it about you, and you're afraid that it invalidates your hard work if somebody right. else makes more money. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's the same thing, kind of like here. You're like, like it doesn't invalidate everything you you've done to be stable. That these people are unstable. You know, it's right. like it's it's not okay that they stole his catalytic converter. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, is, I, obviously, I, my preference would be that n- nobody would have stolen it. Obviously, <laughs> right? But it, is, but I think it's it's a it's 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 a, it shows a lack of perspective if you look at the if you look at crimes in a vacuum, like there like there isn't something that led to the crime. Because if you right. don't, you know, it reminds me of um, what was that show? One of my favorite shows. That I think they canceled still. My, um, like Mind Hunter. You see that? Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and it's all about like how. When these guys were going around trying to um, interview these serial killers, because that at the at that time, back in the seventies, the FBI there was no such thing as a uh, there was no such thing as a serial killer. There was no profile. The, the profiling wasn't even a major part of what they did. And one guy was trying to learn about these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? But everyone mm-hmm. else was so. They they had this attitude. We, what do we need to learn about them? They, they they just evil, you know what I mean? And 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 this guy was like, well, but if we understand where they come from, then maybe we can prevent or predict their behavior. You know what I mean? So right. it's like it's like, oh, this guy, you know, his dad fucking abused him. His, you know, his his mom molested him. You know, and and it's like, and you know, but everyone at the FBI was like, you, now you're around here making excuses for these serial killers. It's like, no, no, I'm just trying to understand them so we can prevent the problem, it's, you know? And that's 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 the whole reason we have, you know, serial killer profiles nowadays. That's the only reason we even catch the very, very few ones that we do catch. By the way, that's a scary little fun fact. <laughs> we we have not caught that many of them. <laughs> you, no. you know what I mean? Like, the, it, in, in terms of, like, the amount of serial killers that are predicted to be out there, we've caught very, very few of them. Have you seen, um, I'm not going to be able to pull the statistics out of my ass, but um, one of the things that criminologists study is why are there apparently so few female serial killers? And there's a couple of different competing hypotheses over mm-hmm. that. One of them is that there's there's something about um men that is itself criminogenic like men uh maleness is the biggest predictor of criminality uh, especially for violent crime oh wow 
so that's that's one that's one hypothesis. The other hypothesis or a competing hypothesis, and they could both be partially correct, is that women serial killers are just much better at it, so they don't get caught. Mm. Or they're so good at it that we don't even know that the people are victims of serial killings. You know, they're just dying from heart attacks, and it's like, oh no, they were poisoned with cyanide. That's the premise. That's the premise. I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, right, like all these prolific ass serial killing hoes out here. Uh, one yeah. thing I wanted to but, bring but, up, but, but I think oh, go, to, sorry, go ahead. But also, do they know why is why is whiteness a predictor of serial, or is that a misconception? It isn't, right? Is that or is that an American phenomenon? Are there like are there serial killers in Uganda and shit? Um, I mean, there definitely are. Um, or I is think because a part of it too is like we are, they often because racism might be at the root of this. Like they they usually categorize probably black people that kill a bunch of people as like oh that's just niggas you know like that's gang <laughs> violence you know that's just how they are right you know what I mean but I don't know I I I, I my guess would be and this is a this is a wild ass guess I have no real evidence to back this up but that's always the best. Uh, the best guess is, uh, oh, racism. is that, uh, yeah, it's definitely racism, but it's also, um, I think the form of racism that it is, is, you know, usually when a, a serial killer gets caught, it's a white male um, in their, you know, what, 30s mm-hmm. or whatever, and they get caught because eventually just the stench of the bodies gets too bad and the neighbors call the cops for the 10th time and finally they investigate it and they find a bunch of bodies under the floorboards, right? That's what ends up happening. Um, and then once that guy gets, uh, once the serial killer gets arrested and they become a celebrity, um, we look into their background and we find out, oh, they've been chopping up cats since they were 13 <laughs> years old or whatever and nobody ever did anything. And I think the difference is that if you are, because I do think that there's something genetic and neurobiological right. to serial and, killers. And and, and 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 listen, white dudes, calm down. I know the most prolific serial killer was a black man, but that's that's an outlier, right? right? Uh, and also, that's according to him. You know what I mean? Because he wanted he wanted credit for that. Um, but the but ninety nine percent of serial killers are like white men in their thirties. That's how they or they in their thirties when they get caught. Right, you know I mean? uh, and 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 I think and so then you go back and you look at like in their teen years they committed crimes that or actions that were indicative of a propensity for serial killing, right? Mm. I think if you're a black fifteen year old who commits a crime like that, you immediately end up in the system. Whereas if you're a white guy, then the system is designed to kind of like eh, we're kind of. Yeah, yeah, he did some stuff to animals, but we're not going to pay attention to that. Or oh, right. you know, we're going to put him in a treat. We're going to put him in treatment for a little bit, get him yeah. some therapy or whatever. As opposed to if you're black, then it's like, well, we'll either just shoot you in the street or we'll send you to jail. Right, right. Especially too, where it's like you 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 can give off those weirdo vibes as a young white kid, and it sort of look past, you know. You but can it, become but, the next Harry Styles. I mean, you're a black kid. It's like, because we, we were talking about, I was reading something about this today, but it's a, that whole thing about like, um, about like white discomfort. And because uh, I've experienced this so much, I, I, I just recently had a situation like this where it was like, you know, 
it's the it's it's the it's the it's the number it's the it's it's the it's the primary weapon of of the of the Karens of the world. It's the it's that ah, I'm un- he makes me uncomfortable. You know, it's that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I read uh, what was I reading this morning? It was something about how um, Talib Kweli got kicked off of a flight. And when was that? When did that happen? Must have happened recently. But 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 according to him, if it's from what from what he posted, there was no incident. You know what I mean? Someone someone told a flight attendant that he was making them uncomfortable. And he he claims that he didn't interact with anyone. He talked to the flight attendant and they were like someone saying you making them uncomfortable blah, blah, blah. he they they worked it out to his favor and then and then a supervisor came back up to him and was like, "Yeah, you got to get off the flight." You know what I mean? And th- wow. So, but 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 that's that's happened to me so many times where where like it's like there's no other way for them to escalate the situation because they're being a cunt, and that, but it's always mm-hmm. in their back pocket that they can just say that you were making them uncomfortable because they don't have to elaborate. That they, they don't have to, they, you know, like there doesn't have to be any. Nothing has to have happened because that's the signal to all the other white people to remember the last time and you were scared of a nigga. That's what's happening to me. You understand what I'm saying? So right. they they could be dead ass in the wrong, but they, but they they get to it's like this it's like this this vague justification. They they don't have to be specific. They don't have to prove anything. They just have to use that magical word. I was just I'm just uncomfortable. I don't want any trouble. He's just making everyone uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And they right. and they don't have to address like what what do what do you mean, bitch? Why are you uncomfortable? Is it because niggas make you uncomfortable, or did I do something to you? You know, or you're not used to people telling you to fucking telling you about yourself. You Existing know? while black. Yeah, so it's one of those weird situations. Um, uh, one 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 thing I wanted to highlight in this because uh, in this email um, is Julio says uh, this comment is my issue. This is the reason, meaning in his mind, justifying. I wouldn't say I was justifying the crime, but I was trying to unpack the reasons why the crime occurred right or why crimes in general go up or down because any individual crime could occur for a million different reasons maybe that person's desperate maybe that person's a piece of shit maybe they hate me individually i have no fucking clue no you know you never know why an individual crime occurs but we can scientifically study why crime goes up and down why why certain crimes are more or less prevalent in certain societies or at certain in certain eras etc right this yeah. is a scientific question why is crime going up Don't. and so he says this is the reason people are committing crimes without consequences i disagree with that i disagree because the i disagree with that for two reasons number one there are consequences to stealing catalytic converters if you get caught that's a felony over here right if if the person who stole my catalytic converter got caught stealing that catalytic converter they could get up to three years for that those are those are serious consequences um secondly um all of the data shows that increasing the severity of the consequences does not deter crime consequences do deter crime the fact that something is a crime 
does prevent people from committing that act. But the thing that determines whether or not they commit that act is if they think they're going to get caught. So increasing, for instance, the penalty for stealing a catalytic converter from three years to 10 years won't have a significant effect on how many catalytic converters are stolen. But if they start clearing these cases of catalytic converter thefts, that would deter the crime because then there would be this fear that there are consequences for it. The reason why they stole the catalytic converter, or one of the reasons, a contributing factor to it, is that they really had no uh, reason to believe that they would be caught, right? Because the police don't investigate these crimes. I filed a police report because I had to for insurance purposes, obviously, right? So the cop comes out and they take your information. When did it happen? Blah, 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 blah. They look around. Any cameras? Nope. Yeah. Okay, well, here's the number. So uh, see you around mm -hmm. later. It's the, it's the same reason why people, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the same sort of thing of like a, how you couldn't, you know, like remember remember during, during, the, during COVID lockdown, how like at least how like in LA being the city that was like the loudest about everyone following the rules, you know, but then you mm -hmm. find out like there's all these secret parties and shit going on. And it, it's, it's, yeah. it's like that. It's like, what are the chances that someone's gonna gonna catch me, right? Like, right. I, like I, 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 okay, maybe maybe that was a shitty analogy to start with, but 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 I, I think what I, I think what you're trying to say is like, as as the consequences, the the level of the consequences are le are less important as the chance that those consequences will ever come into play, right? Yes. It's, it's like it's like. It, the category of people that would commit that crime goes goes it, it it shifts with the chances of them getting caught during the crime. The chances of yes. anyone giving a fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. What like, I'm saying it's a it's a two stage process. First, there are the societal preconditions that determine how desperate people are to commit crimes. Like, so for instance, I could throw it back on on Julio and say, like, listen, like the fact that you came here from Latin America, he doesn't give us his, his entire story or whatever, but you know, he came he came here from Latin America. He I assume he was like law abiding and he uh, he put in the work and he paid for his tuition and he's becoming a CPA. And that's awesome. That's great. Congratulations. Like, that's great that you did that. Obviously, um, he has the intelligence and the work ethic and the moral code that enabled him to do that. And that's wonderful. That's a that's a success. But um, what I'm saying is that there are societal preconditions that ratchet up or down the population of people who are capable of and interested in committing crime. And then, and so that's one dial that we can twist where we can make societal conditions better so fewer people are incentivized to commit crime. But then also, the next part of that is when you investigate crimes, like do real police work and investigate crimes and uh, visit consequences on people for committing crimes, then that like is the second stage that prevents this subcategory of people who whose incentives are aligned to commit crime. It realigns their incentives because it's like, well, no, don't do that because you'll get caught, right? There are reasons yeah. why Julio never committed these crimes. There's a re there's reasons why I never committed these crimes, you know, and it's not just because we're better people or anything like that. It's there are preconditions 
that are then acted upon by consequences or the lack thereof. Yeah. It's like you've never been you've never been hungry enough to steal. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and so the thing is, is like pe- it's like pe- people that people that are hungry enough or desperate people that are desperate enough to steal. Like there's people out there that would be stealing anyway, right? There's thieves out yes. there. And then and then there's people that you know, they're like as as you increase the circumstances that cause people to consider stealing, th- then the the amount of people that would steal goes up. It's just right. that's, like that's just what it is. That didn't make it simpler. Um <laughs> Well, and the other thing I I wanted your opinion on this. Um you know, one thing, one thing that I find frustrating about a lot of these conversations is people talk about crime as if crime is one thing, right? <laughs> like we just started talking about serial killers, right? But the reason why somebody come, why somebody becomes a serial killer, that's not the same thing as somebody who commits a property crime, right? Like somebody stole my catalytic converter in the middle of the night. The only person in danger was that person who was crawling underneath my car in the rain, right? Mm. That's not the same thing as even mugging somebody at gun or knife point right uh much less a serial killer who is going out and committing killing, killing for the most yeah killing for funsies right to get yeah. their jollies off or whatever those are so it's 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 even bizarre that we we lump all those together under the headline crime because we also don't do it we don't talk about other more important crimes in the same way like the biggest source of theft in this country is wage theft. It dwarfs, it dwarfs all robberies. Oh yeah. Well, he's about to find out when he gets his CPA. <laughs> Depending on you know who the fuck gives him a job, you know. Um, I also wanted to address this email before we got got out of here. Um, yeah. It's it's sort of loosely related. This one um, from G. Um, it's like the second one. He says, uh, Brandon Brown, please do. Oh, yeah, right. He says, hey, guys, I love the podcast. You two make me laugh and and think and keep me entertained while I serve in an undisclosed location overseas. I'm an Air Force member with 10 years of service. My question revolves around diversity. And, uh, and in this email, I will disclose the race and gender of the individuals involved. This information is relevant to the story and is in no way meant to be discriminatory. For the record, I'm a white male. Okay, so the, so I think what these two emails have in common is that is the lack of perspective, right? So here we go. I recently received word that my enlisted performance report was not good enough to be selected for promotion to the grade of E7. During this rating period, I won awards at the squadron and group levels. I led a wing project. I took on multiple high visibility additional duties, and I did my primary duty without error. In my opinion, I had a great year, and I believe I should have been considered for promotion. It's only my first year eligible for this promotion, so not making it is not that big of a deal, and all I can do is try again next year. What irks me about the situation is the individual who was selected for promotion was a black female and was trying for the second year. This female did not win any awards. She did not volunteer or go to school. She did the minimum and went home. On top of that, she had a baby during this rating period, which means she was allotted three months of maternity leave. Her being on maternity leave meant that everyone else in the shop had to do her work in addition to their own while she was at home. The Air Force and other businesses in our society have placed an initiative on promoting minorities. I've been in meetings where high-level Air Force officials have said, and I'm paraphrasing, we do not have enough minorities in leadership positions, and we're looking at ways to change that. 
To me, this female received a promotion based on her race and gender and maybe even her new family status rather than the merit of her work. I would like to know your opinion as a black male and former military member on the following question. Does our society need more diversity in positions of power, even if that means those promotions are not always going to be the most deserving individuals? Or should we be more of a meritocracy? Thought example, 100 people take a test, 50 males, 50 females, and the top 10 scores are promoted. If the top 10 are all males, how many females should be promoted? Thanks again for all the content. Hope to hear from you soon. Okay, I know I know Rob has answers just bubbling up right now, but but I want to hear what you say first. But what I will say is like, yeah, yeah, man, it's like you just lack you lack perspective. Because listen, again, my experience in the military was you know twenty years ago. The the way they the way they do promotions may have changed, and I know it was different, slightly different from branch to branch to branch. So in the Marine Corps, the way they would do it is they would, you know, you got a score for your physical fitness test and you got a score for your rifles test and you got a score from your, um, from your, you know, like your, your annual like reports on how you, on how you do your job. And then you could get additional points for like turning in these courses or whatever. And anyway, so they would, they would do is they would say, Hey, we have, you know, we we have three people that need to be promoted to this next rank in your job, in your MOS. Um, <clears throat> hold on a second. God damn it! So they so said we have we have three people that need to be promoted in your job, and uh, and so we're gonna take the three highest scores right now. That's that's the way they would do it. Now, outside of that, they would have what they call meritorious promotions, meaning none of that matters. You like you so excellent that we just going to promote you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So those things that that's how they did it back then. <clears throat> Man, and we also always had these problems back then, right? And <clears throat> and to give another similar thing to to like Hollywood, like in the last 5 or so years, Hollywood decided to focus on diversity. Um they've done it incorrectly if you ask me but that's just mostly because it's it's usually white people in charge of it like they'll put a black face in front of it but it's like your idea of diversity is like we need one gay one black two asians uh, you know it's like they're just anyway the point is that's tokenism well right right but that but it's 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 tokenism dressed up as diversity right right but the point my the point i'm trying to make is just that um, but it what it did do was it still opened the door for more minorities to get like opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And all all the white guys in Hollywood all did this, where you know as soon as a minority got something in front of them, they were like, "See, you know, what I mean? meritocracy." And it's like you didn't give a fuck about fairness until it started feeling unfair to you. You know, it's like, what about, okay, so yeah, five, you know, five years ago, they got on this diversity kick, but where was your career before that? Right. You know, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, here's, and here's the other thing. You, you may, you are not privy, at least, I don't know how the Air Force runs now, but, but you're not privy to the reasons that you didn't get promoted or the reasons that she got promoted. You mean, like you said, it's your first year of eligibility is her second. You don't know her accomplishments. This is a reason, you know, it's like, I'll put it to you like this. Let me let me rephrase it like this. 
if another white guy had got this promotion instead, you know, for the same reasons that you claim this lady did, like for some unfair reasons, you would you wouldn't have a problem. I mean, you would be disappointed that you didn't get promoted, but you wouldn't be looking for a reason why it's unfair. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I mean, a, a white guy in the same position, or he, or, or he might he might he might say that's unfair, that sucks, that John got the promotion instead of me. But you wouldn't attribute that unfairness exactly. to his to his race. <laughs> um, so, or gender. Uh, um, yeah. So that that's the thing. Is like may, maybe it's unfair, but here's the, but here's the other thing. That's what it is. White dudes. I mean, I mean, my point is. Regardless of whether this person got promoted on their own merit or whether this person was promoted to fill some kind of diversity quota, regardless of those things, like that's just what it is. And listen, if you're a minority, you is that's been your whole life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Welcome to like a little unfairness. You'll be fine. You'll survive. Like, be, like my whole life, I grew up being told, you know, hey, listen. It's going to be black excellence versus white mediocrity. I've used that phrase over and over again on this podcast. That's what I was told. Is like my whole growing up is like the white dude could be pretty good. I had to be amazing to because you because the thing is you you got to be so good to overcome people's bias. You know what I mean? It's like th- right. think about think about how many people way back in the day, think about how many people how many black people were great at baseball. But they had you had to be Jackie Robinson to get into the MLB. You couldn't just be really, really good. You couldn't just be better than most. You had to be the best motherfucker that they had ever seen at that point. That and it's and it's not that extreme in most, but most situations. If I'm a minority and I'm and I go into a a traditionally white space, I have to outshine motherfuckers to the umpteenth degree. Like it can't be all right. You know what I mean? It's 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 up. I mean, look look at look at stand up comedy for example. You you can name very 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 few mediocre uh, uh, black comics. That's like super world world superstars. Like you, there's very few because they're because they all had to be to stand up because otherwise they get relevated to like the Chitlin circuit. They, they're right. just they, they can they can they're allowed to be black famous. You know, and every every decade they let one one nigga rise to the, to the top, and that was it. That's how that's what it was for a long time until recently. Uh, that's why I mean, that's why Red Fox is like considered such a legend, is because he's really one of the first black comedians to break out of the Chitlin circuit and start selling out uh, casino theaters to white people, right? Um, yeah, hold on a second. Um. I'm sorry, what did you say, Rob? I was, I was saying that's one of the reasons why Red Fox is such a legend is because he came up on the Chitlin circuit and was dominating on Chitlin circuit and then he broke out into selling out theaters to white audiences and then oh, doing yeah, the yeah, first yeah. HBO special, you know. And then like, he did I think he did the first album as well. He might yeah, he might have. I think you're right about that. Um there's a couple of things I wanted to point out in this email and i mean i i want to say i appreciate this email from g because i think it's got a lot of good things to talk about in here i i do think that there are some assumptions built up into the way that he frames this situation now i'm not i was never in the service 
I was never in the Air Force, so I can't speak to that. One thing I can speak to from my experience, though, is um, going to law school and how, you know, admissions for postgraduate degrees of all different types is it's a huge issue, diversity in um, acceptance rates and diversity in higher in um, acceptance committees and stuff like that. Um, and in when you apply to law school, there's a few things that you do. You you have your transcripts from undergrad, obviously. You have your CV or your resume that shows your your work history. You do a personal um, personal statement. Usually, there's some sort of essay component for your packet, and then you have uh, the um, the LSAT, which is a um, it's kind of it's it's basically just a test. It's just a it's just a standardized test that you take, okay. and and the the purpose of the LSAT is to be this um, this thought example that he brings. He says a hundred people take a test, fifty males, fifty females, and the top ten scores are promoted. If the top ten are all males. How many females should be promoted? Um, the problem is that there's an underlying assumption here that these tests are capable of accurately assessing who who has merit, who's going to be best at the job. So LSATs are like a super important thing for for law school, same way like SAT or ACT used to be for, for college. But they don't really have any, uh, I shouldn't say any, they have very little predictive ability. Um, especially at the upper ends of the scores on it right. to determine how how well you're going to do in law school, how well you're going to do once you get out of law school, um, et cetera. So, so I think there's a built-in assumption that these tests are better than they really are at determining merit. I think there's also a broader issue here with a very individualistic framing of the situation because – when you are applying to law school or when you are being hired for uh, by business or you're entering uh, the service, it's not just, oh, well, we just want all the smartest people because that's not necessarily going to be the best unit. That's not necessarily going to be the best business. It's not just about intelligence. It's not just about narrow, you know, aptitude in one narrow category. It's about creating a student body. It's about creating a cohesive unit. It's about creating a business that's going to have a diversity of skills and outlooks and experiences and history and so on, right? right. That makes, that that works better. It's not, it's not just about, it's not always about you, honestly. It's just not always about you. Yeah, it's well, not always well, about rewarding people for <laughs> their individual excellence. But also- It's oftentimes- Regardless of, you know, also, but also a, another point too is like the, you know, I, again, I don't know exactly how the Air Force does their promotions, right? But I'm sure that there's a score involved, and you didn't, ha- you she had a higher score than yours, and I'm, and I'm positive that they don't get, they don't, you're not awarded extra points for being a woman or or being black, right? <laughs> on on that on that score. You know, maybe her her uh, I forget what they call them. Your fitness reports or whatever y'all call them. Maybe her, okay. maybe her supervisor juiced, could have juiced her scores. I don't I don't know. 
But here's the other side. The example he gave is 100 people take a test, 50 males and 50 females. But 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 again, that that is that is again looking at it like it's in a vacuum and ignoring all the time where women weren't even allowed to take the test mm-hmm. and had no part in making the test. Right. And all it's because it's not like things just things are things are starting off equal and now thing, things are being measured unequally. You know what I mean? It's like things have been unequal for a long ass time. You know, you know, a, a perfect example, a, a perfect military example is like. You know, it's it's sort of like a, a an un it's not really unspoken, but it's not it's not a secret that like the the navy is run by Filipinos. Okay. The United States Navy is a it's a large chunk of Filipinos in the in, or, or let me rephrase that a large chunk of the United States Navy is Filipino, and it's something people joke about. It's something white dudes complain about. The fucking Filipinos anyway, right? And for the longest time, and that's been the case forever the whole time i've been alive Mm -hmm. right ain't never been a filipino in charge of that motherfucker ain't been no filipino admirals you know what i mean and you don't need it's like that racism is floating there right in front of you and you don't even notice it you know what i mean in fact this year was the first time there's been a black um female general in the marine corps Mm. Or, and I think she might be the first black general at all. Or maybe the first black person to pick up a second star. Something like that. But, but like, ask yourself, like, no one ever stopped and asked, like, why that is. How can it be, how can it be that there's so many, there's so many Filipinos in the Navy that it's something we joke about. But none of them in a, in a real position of authority until recently. And I, and I bet you even then someone turned around and went, fucking diversity, huh? You know what I mean? It's like it, what, what I'm trying to point out to you, G, is that like I'm not saying you that you that you may not have been treated unfairly individually, but I'm but what I'm saying is, does the is it unfairness that concerns you, or unfairness that affects you? Right. You know, because if you if you if you care about unfairness, you don't. You know, let's let's just you know let's call a spade a spade. It's like the unfairness has been all around you, and you just ain't never noticed it until now. But but I you know so again, my answer to you is there's no way for you to know whether this person earned this above you or whether it was truly unfair. Maybe some mixture of the two. The, right? the but, assumption that he's but, working from is that it's a meritocracy, and then now there's like this tokenism, exactly. or this diversity, and that is that is skewing this meritocratic system that pre-existed right. it. It's ne- well, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say, Rob. It, look, it's it's never been a meritocracy, right? That's the that's the see the whole pull yourself out of bootstraps and meritocracy and all that. That is stuff. Those are things that the people that the the white people that are directly responsible for the disparities. That's the myth they tell you. That's the myth they tell the well-meaning white folks, so you don't have to feel bad about it. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's you know you know racism is like diluted now and and it's not directing in your face now. But that's that's just what it is. It's never been a meritocracy. It, 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 it was a meritocracy within the whites, 
but it was completely unfair to everybody else out in the open for a long time. I wouldn't time. even say it's a meritocracy within the whites because I think well, it's, yeah, a class, there's also, it's a there's, class-based There's, de- there's class nepotism and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But 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 what I'm saying is it's never been fair. You know what I mean? But right. but But the unfairness has just never had to rise to your attention. And now you think that that this that un, the unfairness is new. It's like, but it isn't. It's just affecting you now. You know what I mean? And that's just what it is. Because because I because because listen, I guarantee you, this lady, if she if she's made it to where you, if she's a what you, you're an E seven, you know. So y'all have been y'all have been in for at least six, seven, eight years minimum a piece. I guarantee you, this lady has experienced way more unfairness than this. Than like like. You know, because because here's the other thing. Every effort to diversify is also equally met with this, with people going, this is fucked up. Right. You know what I mean? So and so whatever little whatever little extra boosts or points she got for in from whoever gave it to her. You know, let's just assume you're, you're correct. I guarantee you she received 10 times like 10, uh, 10 times before this. People shit on her because she was a woman and because she was black, right? You know what I mean. So it's like it's like, but but she just deal with it. It's probably to the point where she don't even notice it no more. You know what I mean? So it's just so, the water. It's just the water that she swims in. Yeah, it's just it's like it's like, bro, racism is tap water to black people. We just it's just yeah yeah that's what it is. It's there. You know what I mean? It's regular. You know, it, it don't get spicy till somebody die. But outside of that, it's like we we literally deal with it every day. I don't, I mean, not every single day, you know, not every single day directly in my face. But it's so it happens so often that like I don't even be shocked about it, you know. So you know, welcome to the club, you know. You, I don't know if that answer is satisfying, but just that's just that's what it is, right? Yeah. But it was clear. What I what I care about is was was my response clear, you know. It's like it's gonna keep being unfair shit happening though. You'll but you'll be fine. I'm sure you you're a ten year vet, E seven, wait a minute, hold up. Damn, that's pretty motherfucking high though. <laughs> what you mean? Wait, wait, wait. Isn't E eight the highest? No, E nine. Well, I got my shit from, man, like I said, it's been a long time, but wait a minute. So wait a minute. E E seven was uh wait a minute. E E E four was corporal. No, 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 no! I'm, I'm so backwards. E three was corporal. E four was sergeant. E five was staff sergeant. E six was gunny sergeant. E seven was master sergeant. That's fucking high as fuck. Hold on, you. It says average duty time for for the promotion to master sergeant E seven is seventeen years. This dude is fucking zooming. This dude is blazing. E (laughs) seven. Well, he's E six now. Well, well, but but okay, again. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. He's he's E6 now hoping to go to E7 at, in year 10. Oh, I see. I see. I misread it. I misread but, it too. But yeah. here's here's but here's the other thing too though. Well, okay, is, but this is the first this is the first year that he is eligible. Able to even get, he had, that he's even right. eligible to get but, the promotion. But here's the other thing too is um and again, I, the, the, it's a lot harder to get promoted in the Air Force because mm-hmm. <clears throat> because E E6 is where the is where the uh uh, well, E five. No, wait a minute. So a lot of people get stuck at E six. Like all, some people will be at E six for twenty years till they retire. Yeah. 
Mm, okay. You know what I mean? And in the Air Force, it's even harder because no one gets out because it's such a cushy, yeah. you know, thing, right? So it, it, that that's a it's a milestone. But at the same time, you know, E eight is as high as you can go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm, okay. you know, I, I mean, obviously, there's like other billets, and, and, and I might be a little. It's been a long time since I had to know this, but you know, but uh, but it's pretty impressive that in in ten years. You're already at E6, because in in because I don't know what the that rank is in the Air Force, but in the Marine Corps it's a, it's a gunnery sergeant, and people used to always say gunny in a, gunny under twenty, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I gunny under twenty, I'm good, right? So it's it looks like this motherfucker has hit every promotion, bang 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 bang. Yeah, you'll be. And you'll fine. probably get it next year, dude. Yeah, she got yeah. it on her second year. You'll probably get it on your second year. You'll, well, probably not though. Well, probably not. It might, it, might, it might not. It might not be available next year. But right. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, how promotions work in the in yeah. The, yeah I mean, Air Force. Yeah, and neither do I, honestly, because they change it. They change it so much how they promote it, how they how they decide the scores, and without that information, um, it makes it. But 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 that information isn't relevant to answering this question. You know. Yeah. But yeah. it is impressive that ten years in, you're E six to me anyway. Unless unless something has fundamentally changed. It's real hard to get promoted in the Air Force because, like I said, the Air Force doesn't need people as much as all the other branches do. Yeah. So uh, that's that's fairly impressive, which means that she's fairly impressive. I mean, unless you don't think so, unless she's a complete piece of shit and somehow she's E seven uh, in in the same like in this same amount of time. That's crazy. Both of you. One one of the things I pulled up because I don't know anything about this is. Um, uh, the like head of diversity initiative or whatever for the military um, under Biden and the argument that he was making is just like you know one of the reasons why we do this it's not people think of it as like a merit based thing and it is it is merit like they don't they don't they don't promote people who don't deserve it right that's the difference they don't promote people who don't deserve it but there are more than enough people well, they who try are not qualified. To. Yeah, yeah, they don't intentionally promote somebody who doesn't deserve it. Right. But generally, they are pulling from, they're promoting from a pool of people that outnumbers, there, there are more people qualified for that promotion than promotions there are to give out. Right. So it's not, it can't simply be merit-based because you can't, re- there, okay, all these people are check pluses, A pluses, whatever the hell you want to call it, right? So then you look at what does the institution need from this promotion that's who you select so you select somebody that is going to aid like retention for instance so like he brings up the fact that she had a baby it's like well we we don't want to punish people for having children we already have an issue with replacement rates in this country yeah that was a weird that was a weird point for you to make this this bitch got pregnant and went on maternity (laughs) he was like what i mean i get it i get it Uh, i get it too i get it too uh, uh, because you know, I know people that got pregnant so they didn't have to get deployed. You know what I mean? Like we found out, we found out, hey, we getting deployed, and we getting deployed next month, and then they pregnant in two weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, like people, some people do that, but again, this is the Air Force. So, I mean, when you say like people at work had to pick up the slack, I'm like, yeah, that's they had to drink all her coffee. <laughs> right, like what slack are you? You know, because <laughs> he didn't go into detail about what it is he does exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but but uh, um, yeah, but I hope that kind of sort of answers your question. Um, yeah, let's wrap that up. Um, 
But thank, thank you for the email, G. Yeah, appreciate it. Always appreciate it. Again, if you have any questions, comments, complaints, concerns, you can email us at bswithbrownsimpson at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to uh, go to my website, brownsimpsoncomedy.com, and buy tickets. I'm coming to Vermont this weekend. I'm coming to uh, – I'm going to be in Denver with Ari Shafir. Um, I'm going to be in Seattle the following weekend, the 24th and 25th. I'm being Colorado Springs, March 3rd and March 4th. So those tickets are on my website. Come check it out. Um, don't forget to check out, what is the podcast uh, with Josh Potter? Josh Potter, Josh Potter show, show. Every week, Tuesdays, uh, and uh, every Monday night uh, is Apocalypse Soon with Eddie Pepitone and Kevin Tinkin. Yeah, and we're at And then Josh, comedy, we got ComedyFrequency.com. Comedy Frequency Studios. Comedyfrequency.com. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I feel like we're missing some, some big thing. Tyree Nichols, we didn't talk about that. I, I didn't know if we were going to talk about that because, I mean, what else? Well, we'll, we'll what, talk about it in the next episode. What, what is there to say, right? It's what the is same there to shit say? Over and, Actually, I got I, some shit to say about it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, okay, we'll do it next episode. Okay. All, All right. right. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for tuning in, guys.